ladies and gentlemen. We forgot to mention this last episode, so I'm literally going to start the episode off uh, by mentioning a really good Boston hockey team. And you obviously know I'm not talking about the Bruins, and I'm talking about the Boston Pride. Uh, they won the Isabel Cup, well, now over a week ago. Um, and the people that keep saying that, oh, Boston's done in terms of championships. No, they're not. No, they're not. And we're back. <laughs> there we are. Uh, literally the second we, uh, <laughs> the second we stopped recording last week, uh, yeah. We, uh... Had the realization that we kind of forgot to mention kind of important news. It was quite the uh, quite the laugh we had at that. Yeah, it was like we ended it. It was like two minutes later. It was like, oh no. <laughs> and I I feel like we might have. Oh no, we we didn't write it down, but like I definitely had it in mind. I was like, yeah, definitely bring this up. Bring this up. We also forgot to talk about Tim Peel in the last episode, and it was still like an hour plus, and it was just like. What? <sighs> Anyways, we're back. We're here. Jeremy Swayman and Daniel Vladar are both elite. Um, and uh, yeah, here we are. Let me just say, what a perfect time for my neighbor's um, car alarm to start going off. I love everything. Luckily, it's not coming through. But good, good, good. <laughs> if if it starts coming through, I'll we can sort of give it a sec but i can go yell at my neighbor okay oh yeah yeah definitely do that (laughs) anyways um it's been well yeah it's it's been basically exactly a week since our last episode and the bruins have played four games because of course the condensed schedule and everything um just i'm gonna start with just an overall question for you okay spanning these last four games what have we thought overall? Because I have a feeling I know what your answer will be. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh. For ref- would... well, oh, okay. For reference, just for anyone listening, last four games, um, the four was it? Yeah, the four to one loss to Pittsburgh, and then the seven five win over Pittsburgh, and then the three two overtime loss to Philly yesterday. And then, of course, today's 4-2 win over Philly. So, last four games, what have we thought? I mean, definitely some positives in there, but negatives are... Uh, um, how do I put this? Uh, very present. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're sort of at, like, at the... At the uh, what am I trying to Forefront. say? Forefront? Yeah, something like that. Where it's like, yeah, they, yeah. they've gotten... It's five out of a possible eight points in four games against the Pennsylvania teams, which isn't bad, but, like, I mean, you want more, big if true. Um, yeah. Funny, but it's, it seems like most of this year we've been, wow, look at how lucky they are to have X amount of points and X amount of games or whatever, something like that, so... Yeah, and it's it's weird to me. It's just like we've talked about these same issues all year, all for the past so many years. But like, especially <laughs> this year, where it's like, yeah, the defense started out strong, um, and then it started to get hurt. Like it started with the Miller injury and Carlo and Grizzly was in and out at the start of the season, 
And then the defense definitely has been falling off uh, the last month or two. Um, but the offense hasn't necessarily picked it up in the same way that we would have hoped it can do. But, like, you know, it's just the the point that I was going to get to is it's kind of weird to me. It's just, like, we've talked so much of, like, oh, my God, like, this really isn't a good Bruins team. And yet they're still, like, they're still doing relatively well standings-wise, all things considered. Like, they just played their fourth-string goalie tonight. And won. But even then, they are four points back of third place, Pittsburgh, uh, with three games in hand. Like, they, despite all their flaws and everything, they are still very much in this and have a... I mean, it's in their own hands, but they still have a really, really good chance to get second, third in the division. Like... Even first, because aren't oh, yeah. the Capitals and Islanders tied? The Caps so. and Islanders are tied. Now, obviously, leaping three teams is easier said than done, but... I hey, When you're playing all divisional opponents, creates uh, some wild circumstances. Well, yeah. Especially, cause... you know, the Bruins should be able to rack up points against Buffalo, you'd hope. And Yeah, they still have, what, six games against the Sabres, right? Cause, yeah. 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 So, I mean, theoretically, that should be 12 points, uh, you would hope. <laughs> Should be two, <laughs> and and they're already what five zero and one against Philly, I want to say, like something yeah, stupid like that. Right. Yeah, like they've. I mean, obviously, like Philly isn't a bad team. They've just. I I don't know what it's been about Philly, and we can kind of get to this because you know the Bruins literally played Philly, uh, yesterday and today. But it's like, I mean, there's there's still an NHL hockey team that can challenge other teams in games clearly <laughs> yeah and it's like it's not like they're just easy where it's like oh yeah the sabers are on a, a 17 game losing streak it's like that's that's a little more where you're like okay you should be winning every single game against these guys and yeah. like theoretically same thing with new jersey but like you know philly and the rangers those teams in the fifth and sixth spots they're still gonna give teams trouble and they're only they're only five points out of a playoff spot so really they're they're still very much there i guess Yeah, I uh very surprised, you know, looking at the standings and seeing the Rangers right there with Philly as well. That's obviously fifth place, but still, I mean we talk about it every episode, we thought the Flyers would run away with this division. Not even run away, but you know, definitely be in the top two and then Yeah. They're over here. Uh how do I put this delicately? Not. Struggling. I'll just say struggling. <laughs> they are over here not running away with the division. <laughs> yeah, I I still... I don't know what went wrong, and I don't know what's been going wrong exactly. Like, obviously, the goaltending, Carter Hart has been awful. But, like, it's a lot more than just that. Like, a yeah. goalie who was very much, like, close to the Vesna conversation last year in... That would have been his rookie year, right? Or... I think so, yeah. I think so, yeah. Like someone who is that, I guess, highly touted, doesn't just fall off and have a four goals against average with like an 880 save percentage the next year without other stuff stuff happening in the organization. Like, there's clearly some sort of issue there with the Flyers. And, 
I will say, though, it's nice that the Bruins have taken advantage, because 11 out of 12 possible points against a team that was supposed to be top of the division is pretty good. I'm no expert, but... Big if true. I feel like we should just rename this podcast to Big If True. I feel like it would, it. <laughs> it would be very, very fitting. <laughs> ah, hey. I'm game. <laughs> Speaking of who is game, um, just quickly, I know we're going to touch on all the games, but Kevin Miller, eh? So welcome. Uh, I don't want to say surprise, but he's pretty solid tonight after missing, I don't know how many games, but he's out from like February 18th until tonight. He played, yeah. let's see, he played 22, 22 minutes. minutes. He was second uh, highest on the team behind Lazar, who played 24 minutes. Yeah, I mean, if, you, <laughs> if I told you a year ago that one of the Bruins games in the upcoming season, uh, Jeremy Lazan would be leading the team in ice time, and then Kevin Miller would be second, and the Bruins would win. And they wouldn't have Carlo or McAvoy in the lineup against the Flyers. I think we both would have kind of uh, triple-taked at that. Uh, it would have been more than triple, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously he's not going to be a flashy defenseman, but I mean, pretty damn solid. I mean, four penalty minutes, although he should have really gotten that penalty with the whole connect knee thing in oh, the yeah. corner, but... And, you know, you pointed it out, like, he knew what he was doing there, taking a swipe at Miller's knee. There's no Oh, yeah, Travis Konechny absolutely knew what he was doing there. Um, like, his Miller's first game back from another knee injury is what we all... Like, it, it was basically confirmed that it's another knee injury, right? Like, that's what it was? Uh, I have no clue. I didn't see it. Well, regardless, but, like, he's, yeah. he broke his knee in two separate ways. Like, it's it's pretty... Uh, like common knowledge that that's what Miller's issue has been and why he didn't yeah. play since 2019. And it's just like, why why are you cross-checking someone's knee in any other situation except for, oh, hey, this person's been out for God knows how long with knee injuries. Just like, what what is the point? It's like, it's a little thing. And like, obviously Miller seems fine, but like, just why? Yeah. It was a very uh, Marshawn type play. <laughs> oh, people love saying that Konechny's basically Marshan, but I mean, I don't see. I'd like point to think seasons. Marsh. That's what I was about to say. I don't see that guy. Uh, uh, what's the? It's the nicest way to put it. Yeah, I'll just say how you said it. No, I don't. I don't seasons see... there. Granted, he's like twenty three, but uh, twenty four. But I think I saw last season when, um, after Marshan uh, missed that puck in the shootout. I saw, I think it was Konechny who, yeah, it was him. He was like, what an idiot or something. Like the Flyers posted a video of them like walking off the ice and stuff. And then I look it up and like Marshan had more assists than he did points that year, like last year. Oh my God. And it's like, okay, (laughs) you do you, I guess. We, We somehow got to... Well, actually, well, no, it makes sense because it was from Miller. Um, I I will add just one point on Miller. Um, Bruins are, I think it's eleven three and one with him in the lineup. I was about to, I meant to look that up. What the record was without him? 
not great. Uh, if well, if it's eleven three and one, um, with him in the lineup, then they're nine seven and five without him. And now, obviously, he's like a bottom pairing defenseman, although not tonight. Um, but he is not a bad defenseman, and I would certainly rather him in this lineup over Connor Clifton. And that's not to single Clifton out, but frankly, it is. Um, <laughs> I, Kevin, hey, you're not wrong. I, Kevin Miller is a solid defenseman, assuming he stays healthy. Obviously, I don't like the fact that he might be paying, being paid $2 million by once the time all of his bonuses and everything that happens. And, you know, Chara probably should be here over him and there's all the crew stuff and all that. Whatever. That is frankly in the past. What I'm looking at is the team now and Kevin Miller certainly should be that sixth defenseman when this entire decor is healthy. If that even happens. <laughs> yeah, that that's a big if because... Oh my god, McAvoy out tonight, randomly. And then Carlo's still out again. Which yeah, is actually... they say with Carlo, week to week? I think so. And it's a different injury. Like, it wasn't even, uh, like, a concussion from the Wilson hit. I, I think it's his shoulder or his arm. I don't yeah, know if you saw the clip I that I had tweeted. That was the last thing I noticed, and then obviously went right off the ice, kind of doubled over. So I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna play doctor. I have no doctor degree. Um, so, <laughs> but it definitely looks like he obviously took a major impact with that arm. So you hope it's not like a broken collarbone or something like that. Big if true again, again. <laughs> I mean, the big part of that that decor. Yeah, I mean, you clearly saw that tonight, where it's like, oh, I don't, I need to, I need to find who said it before I say this, because I don't want to just steal it. Um, let me, I'll, I'll quickly find it, because I retweeted it. Yeah, uh, Steve Conroy said, Charlie McAvoy is making a pretty good argument for the Norris Trophy tonight. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, you saw how lost that defense looks. Even sometimes with McAvoy in the lineup, like it hasn't been great when he's not on the ice. But when you have Carlo and McAvoy on separate pairs, it makes it so much better and so much more stable like you have guys you know you can rely on because frankly like i mean lazan had a good game today uh hopefully that's a sign of him getting back to his pre um pre what was it broken hand whatever it was uh, pre-injury lazan this year because yeah. he was solid then um yeah Obviously, Zaboral, uh, he only played 12 minutes. He wasn't having a great game, hasn't <sighs> really in the last few games. But um, I definitely feel a lot more comfortable with Charlie McAvoy and Brandon Carlo in this lineup over, you know, Clifton, Camphor, Zaboral, Lazon, guys like that. You know, like, <laughs> I don't want to be too bold, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're kind I, of important. It's one of those things where, ooh, Zaboral hasn't been good, but who else are you gonna plug in there? Tenorti, I guess. Like, but even well, ugh, running out of a, we could see our uh, <laughs> dream of Tenorti Miller. Huh. <laughs> I mean, actually, I would say yes to that, but that that would mean. Either Tenorti goes up on the top pair or Miller's off the top pair, and then we gotta see Connor Clifton or 
Oh lord. Uh, I take it back. <laughs> or Stephen Camper up there. <laughs> I mean, Camper hasn't been bad. He's he's oh, Camper. He's, been... he's just he's there. He's a guy. Um, he there's nothing to complain about, and there's nothing to really go. Oh my god, you're amazing about which for a depth defenseman, exactly what you want. <laughs> yep, all you can ask for. I was gonna say though. I mean. The Bruins play Washington, Philly, Washington. It's Thursday, Saturday at 2, and then Sunday. I mean, against a team like Washington, if they feel like it, like, let's say McAvoy comes back, it's like, do, oh, why, why not just why not just try to Nordy Miller against a more physical Caps team? Like, I, uh... well, if it's a flat R, maybe... Well, with how Zaboral's been, pl- I don't know. I don't know. That's too confusing for me. That's too specific. I, we we can do matchup stuff like this come playoff time. That's <laughs> although yeah, I'm not I, um... I'm... <laughs> I I did not know they were playing the Capitals on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's <sighs> it's Washington, Philly, Washington, and then it's. It's Buffalo day after the trade deadline, and then you got a Thursday, Friday back to back against the Islanders in TD Garden. And then after that, a first game s- against Tom Wilson since that uh, oh, hit on Lord. Carlo. Oh. And Carlo's not even going to be in the game, but for a different injury. So that'll be fun. Yeah, maybe definitely play Tenorti Miller. <laughs> uh, now that I think about it, wrap everyone up in bubble wrap, please. Honestly, at this point, just get Callum Booth on the ice just in case. Uh, just just put him in that. Use the fifth string goalie just to be safe. Yeah. Make sure Wilson doesn't do anything stupid. <laughs> Anyways, um, let's let's go back in time uh, to the Pittsburgh sure. series. Um, so not that far back, obviously. Literally only like five days. Um, but Game one, at four-one loss. Uh, I believe that was the game that Carlo got hurt in. Uh, I mean, Vladar obviously played well again in that game because, of course, he did. Um, but what what a bad game! Uh, that's that's really that's really the only way to put that. Um, like in the lost tweets that I normally do with like the video of Rask just banging his stick in the during the practice last year. I literally just said the Bruins lose four one to the Penguins. I have nothing. <laughs> and I think I think that just summarizes that game. It was just it was dull. There was nothing really going for the Bruins the whole time. Like yeah, Marshall scored, but like outside of that um third period goal, there really wasn't anything to write home about. <laughs> Yeah, I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't even. I don't even know. Another day where the power play goes over. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's it has been better as of late, um, which is good to see. But yeah, there are still some of those concerning moments, but. Um... Don't worry, I, w- I wasn't expecting much out of either of us for that f- four to one loss. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
the seven five win though, uh, against the Penguins, which I <laughs> what a weird game. That was just it was it was one nothing Pittsburgh, and then the Bruins scored. Oh, what was it in the end? It was five total, five on five goals, or I think. That they ended up scoring in the end because Pasternak, uh, yeah. Bergeron, Marshaw, Marshaw, Pasternak, which obviously that's just your top line, although they were split up. Um, and we can actually get to that, actually. Actually, yeah, no, that's that's a, that's a good thing to start on, I guess, because um, it does also sort of bring us to these last uh, few games. What have we thought of... Marshawn, Bergeron, Smith, Richie, Krejci, Pasternak, obviously splitting up that top line. Uh, well, I mean, been nice, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck. I mean, they've all looked, especially Marshawn. I mean, Marshawn's Marshawn. He's going to always be good, but he's he's been pretty good lately. I mean... What is that? Back to back? Not back to back because the loss there yesterday, but Saturday, uh, Marshan hat trick. Today, Bergeron hat trick. Mm-hmm. Oh, been solid. What did I? I think I saw Craig Smith now has six assists in his last five games, something like that. Uh, let's see. Yes, yeah, six in his last five, and that. It's kind of since he got onto the top line, which I mean, if you're playing with Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, yeah, you better be you better be getting a decent amount of points uh, with them. Um, I mean, yeah, overall, like, I I never really like splitting up that top line because I feel like there were sometimes last season too where it was split up and like. Yeah, some of the combinations they tried would work for a bit, but then like they always fall back and they always just have to go back to the top line plus whoever you put with Krejci. But I don't know. I feel like with how Richie's been playing this year, which I don't think we talk enough about, frankly, um, but with how Richie's been um, having Pasternak there with Krejci, it's it's been it's been it's been pretty nice so far. It's been three games, but I don't have many complaints on that, I guess. No. Although, if if we are going to complain about something from that game, um, I mean, obviously, Casey DeSmith uh, was not great, but also some of these games from Yarrow, oh, man. They have not been fantastic. No. You shouldn't need to score seven goals to win a game. Okay, you shouldn't need to score six to win a game, but the <laughs> I guess I guess one of the things is if we're talking about, you know, scoring goals, David Posternock should have had a hat trick in that Pittsburgh game. Right? Yeah. Without a doubt. I don't exactly remember who it was uh, that hooked him. Latin. Of course it was. <laughs> yeah, so Pasternak stole a puck from Latang, and then he's 
basically in on a breakaway. That's like the literal definition of what a breakaway is. And then Letang hooks them, and the ref calls it a penalty. Of course, it's an empty net. Um, and the ref's actually like, no, it's just going to be a power play, even though the literal rule book says that it's an automatic goal if you hook, trick, trick, hook, trip, do anything to someone who's on a breakaway on an empty net. It's an automatic goal, but apparently it was not. Now, obviously, not complaining too much because, I mean, Marshawn ended up getting a hat-trick anyways, but, like, that should have been a Pasternak goal. And then especially Crosby diving when he uh, acted like he got shot in the face with a shotgun. Um, and getting Percheron <laughs> got four minutes for high sticking. And then what a what a mess that was. Um, but thank God. And it was so satisfying that it was Marshawn who scored that empty narrative. Because like... Who else? Who else would have scored an empty netter in that situation? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, and then uh, was it? It was after that Bergeron penalty, that really soft goal, right? That uh somehow got through Halak. Am I dreaming? As or is that before? Um. Crosby goal. Let's see. Eighteen forty-five. I don't know if it yeah. was before or after. Wait. Holy crap, my mind is... No, it was right after. Yeah, that's right, it was on the face-off right after that goal. Oh, yeah, yeah. While the, while the Penguins were technically shorthanded, they had the goalie pulled to make it. Oh, my God, yeah, what a... What a uh, chaotic ending, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what I would have done um, if that didn't uh, end in a Bruins win. I <laughs> I was fully ready for for the Penguins to score. Just uh just how the Bruins like to do it. Especially yeah. this year it seems. <laughs> it it would have been the most Bruins thing possible. Right like <laughs> uh, anyways, um I hope Sidney Crosby is recovering after his um yes. uh very, very uh tragic accident and um if he needs an agent uh i uh, i can definitely see what offers uh hollywood directors have for him i think they'd be really really willing to see what he has because i mean clearly there's there's uh, a great actor there oh wait if this hockey thing doesn't work out <laughs> got a career yeah if this hockey thing doesn't work out for Sidney crosby i think uh i, th- I think he can I think he can start acting. Um, before we get to that, like before we get on to like the Philly game and whatnot, um, the person that called it a low-key dirty play by Bergeron on that face-off, uh, how, just how it's a it's a normal high stick that like grazed Crosby's like chin neck and it's like yeah i'm sure patrice bergeron of all people is choosing to do some nasty dirty play to Sidney crosby who i don't know if they're real friends off the ice but i mean olympic line mates well world cup of hockey line mates and olympic no and with a minute left in a one goal game i (laughs) 
I don't expect people to use their brain much at this point. I've I've learned better, but come on. Yeah, it's come on. Like and even then, high sticking someone like that off a of face off when the refs are definitely watching. Uh, I don't know. I I have a wild f- well. Okay, first off, yeah, a well... high stick is hardly ever dirty. It's normally a freak accident, and. Secondly, like, yeah, like, why why that place of all places would someone choose to high-stick someone? Like, e- even, like, the logistics of that just doesn't, it just, it just don't make sense. Ugh. Well, that's just how dirty Patrice Bergeron is. I guess you're right. Bruins and those damn Bruins always with all those dirty players who have all been suspended recently. Has Okay, who was the most recent Bruin to be suspended? Because I feel like it was David Backus. Nick Ritchie in the playoffs, wasn't it? Oh, Ritchie, yes. Oh, yeah. I completely forgot about uh, Ritchie's playoff okay. performance because we don't mention that. Yeah. That didn't it's, happen. Uh... <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, no, it was Ritchie. Ugh. There goes my point, but I mean, really. I, I think before that, I think it was Bacchus, honestly. I'm about to figure this out. Let's see. Um, 2019-20 NHL suspensions and fines. Uh, okay, well that... Oh, Lausanne. That Lausanne. Yeah, yeah, he had he headshot Derek Stefan. I remember that. Yeah, no, that was that was a bad play. Also, I love how on Wikipedia, suspensions and fines, uh, Rask was suspended one game for missing the All-Star game. That bastard. Boo-hoo. <laughs> Oh no! I uh, how dare he? What about fines? Oh, Nick Ritchie was fined actually that year when he was on the Ducks for roughing Charo Vladimir Spoka. Yeah, Charo was fined last year when he uh, oh yeah cross checked Gallagher in the face. Yeah, I remember that. Claude Julian was uh, fined 10k for inappropriate comments against officials. Same with Robert Moore and John Tortorella. Officials deserved it. Yeah, but you know, obviously Craig Berube didn't money get back. anything. <laughs> uh, it's funny how that uh how that gets doled out. Yeah, it's also it's also really funny how yeah both Sunquist and Barbashev both got suspended in that Cup final. Wait, Nick Ritchie didn't even get suspended for that hit. Wait, what? That's right. It was just a five in a game, and because that was suitable. Punishment. Oh, That's right. yeah. And we were. Oh, just, I can't believe. And we were like, "Yeah, no, you can suspend him. That's fine." So they didn't. <laughs> Man, how times change. Now it's like, please keep Nick Ritchie in the lineup. He's. I listen. That's all we got. <laughs> listen, we said coming into this year, let's give him a chance. There's no point in ruling him out. Let's give him a chance. See what he has. And so far this year, he has been. I mean, certainly above expectations, he's been a really good middle six forward. Yeah. Really have not had anything to complain about with him. What is he, fourth on the Bruins and goals? Probably, if not... Well, actually, with Bergeron, yeah, he's probably fourth. He's fourth with ten. Obviously, it's a shortened season, but, like, ooh, you want more. Um, Speaking... I just want to say one quick thing. Uh... What's going on with Charlie Coyle? 
That is the question. When was his last goal? Uh, February 28th, when he had two against the Rangers on a Sunday afternoon. So that's uh, three. It's 16 games now. Okay, yikes. Um, Without a goal, and he's got two assists in that span. Oh, three. 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 Oh, three assists. oh, three. Three assists in his last 16 games. The Bruins are paying him five uh, point something for the next five years. I think it's five and a quarter. Yeah, five and a quarter for the next six years, actually. Oh, Lord. Um... I don't know. Obviously, lines haven't been consistent and everything with that. And, like, the, the like, middle six group obviously has not been consistent. Tell me if you've heard that before. But, oh, wow. I did not realize it was that bad. How many shots does he have in that span? Like, that's oh, what I'd be curious about, too. I'll figure like, this out. Is he Hold even up. shooting? Okay, he has a yeah. 9% shooting percent, like, on the year. Um, About to figure this out. Give stall, stall. All right. So uh, the MLB season started, and the Blue Jays <laughs> opened the season, uh, going two and one against the New York Yankees, your team. That was really good to see for my Jays. Um, uh, uh, we don't talk about the Jays game from from tonight, but also, uh, what what can I say to stall? Ooh, he's taken um, twenty one shots in that span, sixteen games. I mean, it's at least, like, it's on average a shot per game, which, like, sure, that's okay, but, like, huh. I, I don't know what to take away from that. Three points in his last 16 games. You you need more than that out of someone you're paying $5 million and someone who's on your third line. Like, And plus, people were saying that after this year, he could be your second line center, so... Something to, uh... Something to watch, I'd say. Yeah, he theoretically should be second line center after this year if Krejci's gone, but that might end up being. He's even up to that. He's up even up to that uh standard of play, maybe. We'll see. I Hey, at least his three assists have come at even strength. Yeah. He has eleven points in thirty four games this year. Which over an eighty-two game season would be? Oh my god, I added an extra eight. Would be twenty-six and a half points. So uh, yeah, this has definitely been the worst year of his career. I would say. Yep, it's basically the wor- yeah, it's the worst year of his career. Um, so hopefully it's just sort of. Hopefully it's not even a down year and it's just a bad stretch and he's going to be uh, a god like he was in the playoffs uh, on the cup final run. But that's that's worrying. I did not I did not realize that until um, two You're minutes welcome. ago. <laughs> oh, Lord. One good thing I will say is at least he's not taking like a boatload of penalties. He's only got six penalty minutes in that span, so... He's not hurting the team, I guess, that way. Yeah, he's yeah, that's that's always a good thing when your five million dollar player isn't hurting your team. That's 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 helpful. But no, like realistically, um this is like separate, not just like coil specific, but like if you're paying someone five million dollars, you need at least at least 
like 40, 50 points out of them in a normal season. And, well, he's very much not doing that this year. And obviously there's so many different circumstances and all that. But, I mean, even then, a, a point you could take from this, if you're trying to be more positive, is even despite his struggles. I mean, Bruins are, what, 7-2-1 and one in their last 10, I think? It's yeah. something pretty good. So, I mean, they're still finding ways to win, even if even if the depth scoring isn't always there, even though it needs to be. Um, and I Absolutely. guess on that note, the Philly series. Um, shout out to the future of the Bruins goaltending, hopefully. <laughs> Daniel Vladar and Jeremy Swayman, what what a set of games from both of them. Um, obviously, the 3-2 loss in overtime to the Flyers. Um, I mean, you definitely can't blame that on Vladar. But through, oh. uh, through four starts, Vladar is 2-1-1 with a 2.25 goals against average and a 922 save percentage. That is really good. And even in both of those losses, I mean... There hasn't been one where I'm like, that's a bad goal by Vladar. You know, actually, in any of these games, there hasn't been a time where I'm like, that's a bad goal to let in by Vladar. Like, there's nothing where I've been like, wow, he was just bad on that or anything like that. Which, yeah. Four games, I'm trying to sort of keep my, um, keep my expectations low. But it's, it's hard to not be excited when these are sort of the two guys who have been mentioned along with Kyle Kaiser too as like this is going to be the future of this team in that in probably as soon as next year <laughs> like yeah I I know we'll get into it later but I saw someone ask a question about oh which one of the two or something about which one of these two will be a odd man out or be the backup or something it's like I could very well see this team doing something like uh the Rangers are doing with Shesterkin and Yorgiev because they both, I mean, I know Swayman's been one game. Ladar's been however many you said. Four. <laughs> but, man, it's, it's nice to see, I guess, because any other season where <laughs> your top two goalies go down, you uh, fear the worst, rightfully so. Yeah, when you're, when you're on your fourth string goalies... Um... It's not a great situation, but, I mean, the Bruins have made the most of it, kind of, or at least the, at least Swayman and Vladar have. Um, they've come up big, and yeah, I, we will get to it, but I could very much see a situation where, I mean, even, even something like what the Bruins do with Rask and Halak, it's just like, ride the hot hand. If Halak, I mean, I don't think Halak's going to be a Bruin next year, regardless, oh. um, if Rask comes back, then yeah, obviously it's going to probably be Rask with splitting with either Vladar or Swayman. They may go up and down. I don't think there's going to be a waivers issue there because they're still young. I hope not. Um, but, like, let's say it is just Vladar and Swayman. Yeah, you just ride the hot hand. Like, split basically 40 40 games for each of them. Like, there wouldn't be anything, you know, to too outrageous you're not declaring a 20 at that point probably 23 year old goalie to be your starter because 
especially with the workload that you'd be putting on that's just that's just too much um but but more about right now uh it's really encouraging and um it just it just makes me think of the uh SpongeBob clip of uh Squidward just saying future <laughs> absolutely <laughs> i uh yeah i besides Blood Iron Swimmin because we've praised them a bunch. <laughs> what do we what do we think? Like it was nice to see Coolman get a goal yesterday. That was I mean that was a nice shot. Um I feel like his like he only wants to score if it's like bar down from like he only tries at the least perfect 20 shot. feet out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Legit, I think you're right on that. It's just like he <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I don't understand what Carson Kuhlman is. He is fast and he can shoot sometimes. Like the dude is Gotta probably save his shot for for the occasional few times to make it that much more special. <laughs> Apparently, big goals only Carson Kuhlman. <laughs> Move over, Sean Corrali. I mean, this year maybe, but oh. um, how many goals does Corrali have this year? I He's don't think two. any. Two Wait, goals, two assists really? for four points in twenty-seven games. I oh. I didn't even know he had. I, I honestly thought he had zero. And how many does Wagner have? Wagner's uh, one, I think. Yeah, I feel like yeah. Uh, nope, two goals, two assists, four points. Oh shoot! Look at us, fake um, fans. He scored January twenty-eighth versus Pittsburgh, and then February fifth in Philly. Hmm. So. So it's two months a, ago. Yeah, it's, no wonder why we forgot. Yeah. I I think I basically forget everything after a week passes. Except for like the general yeah. points of what's happening for like the Bruins. And even just in general, I forget everything after a week. But uh, just with how this year's been, or this last year. Oh Christ. Anyways. Good times, good times, good times. But yeah, um It was good to see Coleman score. He's seems to be gaining trust from Cassidy, which is sort of a double-edged sword, because it also means that second. it'll be taken away in a second, and also now, why, I mean, obviously Wagner hadn't played in three weeks, but, like, why are you playing Wagner over Bjork? Like, <sighs> obviously, Bjork, answer. Bjork has not been fantastic, like, I'm not going to claim that he has been, but, no. like, really? Wagner? I mean Wagner had an assist tonight apparently. On the uh on the on Marshawn's um not Marshawn's on Bergeron's empty netter, but I mean huh. Well maybe Cassidy was right. Um I've noticed a lot lately where well, the last couple weeks I'd say where Bjork will make like a great rush, but he just can't finish her Mm-hmm. Make that last pass that could be a sure goal. So I mean, promising for sure. I don't. I don't think he should be scratched. I don't think Wagner really has much of a spot in the lineup. I mean, I'm not trying to shit talk the guy, but but let's not pretend that he's been fantastic. You know, like he has been. I mean, maybe league average, but 
when you have guys who you know might give you more than that, it's kind of like, well, don't you kind of want to play those guys? Yeah, and, and that thing on Bjork is kind of like, that's also just something that's just with this team, I feel like, where it's like, yeah, they'll make the plays, they'll get up, oh, two on one, and they do nothing. Yeah. Or it's like two on one, oh, clearly this is a good spot to pass, this is a good spot to shoot, and they like do the opposite. And it's like, it's just that final thing of actually finishing or making that final pass for someone to have just an open net where it's like, that seems to always be missing. And I, I don't know what... The issue is with anyone who isn't named Marshawn Bergeron or Pasternak. It's I don't, I don't understand. Well, or Richie, come on. No, or Richie, sorry. Yeah. I don't know why that's <laughs> always been an issue with this team, but I don't yeah. know. Does Does Cassidy need to just be like, okay, guys, so the puck goes in the net. Good. <laughs> Every are we clear on this? So the puck, right? Oh, you, you pass to your teammates, and the goal is to get it past the other uh, team's goalie. So what you do is you you take the puck on your stick, you sort of you know wind up a little, and uh, you just flick your wrist if it's a wrist shot, and boom, perfect bar down. Thank we'll you, Coleman, you for the demonstration. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, thriving over here. <laughs> absolutely thriving. Yeah, I, it's it's so it's so weird. Like, especially this back to back against Philly, where it's just like Bruins really didn't play great um, in that first game. Mm -hmm. But it's like they got to overtime. Like at that point, it's like okay, you can win this game. Go out and do it. And then obviously TD Garden needs to fix the rice when Bergeron fell, um, <laughs> but we don't talk about that. Uh, and like Ooh. outside of the second period uh, in today's uh, Soyman game, I mean I thought the Bruins played solid. It wasn't anything amazing, but it wasn't anything bad. And obviously, I mean they won, so it's <laughs> obviously yeah. going to look at it more positively, but. There you go. Yeah, it's uh I I had another point but I completely lost it. Um sounds like us. Yeah. I was going to well I was going to also add like maybe some talk about the defense but like we kind of started with that talking about Miller and everything like that and Carlo and McAvoy being out. Um, I don't know if there's much else on that, but I mean, um, you saw some of the quotes from, uh, from Swayman after the game and I, it, it was sort of the same thing when, uh, Vladar had his first, uh, win this year. It was just like, you, you can't help, but feel so happy for that guy. like, Especially Absolutely. like, especially Swayman. Like, you're you're the fourth string goalie on this team. This team's missing McAvoy, Carlo, and you come out and you have a forty save game in your debut. Like, that's that's incredible. Yeah. That... <laughs> oh my God! What were the shots in the second period? Twenty-seven to five, something, something like that. Something like that. It was. Oh my God. Yeah, it was so bad. <laughs> 
Let's see. Let me make sure that it was that, because now I'm actually really... I feel like it definitely was 27 to 5. Oh, 25 to 7. Ooh. Oh. Uh, <laughs> either way, the Bruins got destroyed. <laughs> yes. That uh, they did. That they did. Now, with that said, um, let's get to trade deadline stuff because okay. we are a week away from does not feel like that holy well, crap. we're less than a week away <laughs> we're six days away when everyone's listening to this we'll be five days away um or less obviously but five days away from the deadline it's on the 12th next monday i think i'll before getting into some of the reports uh that have come out recently i i will ask you a question okay if you are don sweeney uh-huh. And you can only trade for one player from one position. Are you trading for a defenseman or are you trading for a forward? Okay, well, you had to come in with that question. Okay. Um Man. I don't know. <laughs> Can I please just answer both? <laughs> fun. Yeah, I don't that's, know. That's, I guess that's the easier answer. Except with this year and all the cap stuff, I'd be surprised if they even make one splash. I guess. Um, no, I. I feel like they do forward. Yeah, I. I think that that's what they would do as well. I don't know if that's the best move. It obviously it's been the need for effort, but like also defense this year has been very inconsistent. Um but I think it's like if you're trading for a forward, make sure it's a high-end forward and it's not just another third-line guy who's just sort of going to be there. You know, it's like, make sure it's someone. Like, don't trade for Marcus Johansson. No offense to Mojo, but, you know, it's it's sort of like, if you're going to do it, go for it. Palmieri, yeah. Hall, guys like that, where it's like, you know they have the skill to be a top six scorer. Now, what I think is actually going to happen is a different story. But mm. what, what do you... So I asked, what do you, what would you do? But what do you think is going to happen? Like put, <laughs> put like a percentage chance on like the Bruins making a move at the deadline. Like, like not even defense or forward specific, just overall. I mean, hold on. Okay. Repeat that, please. You cut out like halfway through and I was trying to piece it together, but it didn't work clearly. So oh, I'm okay. going to ask you so, Uh huh. Give me a percentage on, like, whether the Bruins will make a trade or not. So it's like, oh, you think there's a fifty percent chance they'll make a trade, fifty percent chance they don't. It's something like that. I'd and... say there's a seventy percent chance they'll make a trade. I can't guarantee that that seventy percent will be of a player that will be worth it or necessarily a 
game breaker. Mm-hmm. But I think I think they'll at least make one move for depth with especially with how the defense is with injuries. I think that's maybe one thing. Yeah, I think I'm sort of in the same boat where it's like they've been linked to you know, sort of top scorers, but I mean that happens every year and then they don't get them. <laughs> so <laughs> I I think it might be sort of a depth move, sort of like what we saw like that when the Bruins got Nick Holden in eight Tommy uh, Wingles, yeah. Oh my god. Uh Brian Gianta's gonna be signed, by the way. Um no, but like when the um, yeah. like a Nick Holden type trade where it was just like, here, let's get a guy on defense for depth. It's like, okay. I think mm-hmm. that's likely what that trade will be. I I might say it's like sixty percent that they'll make a trade. Um, but in terms of a high end score, I don't know if I can see it happening. Especially with just how how those high end scores have been this year, because Paul Mary hasn't been great. Taylor Hall certainly has not been great. Obviously, it's in Buffalo. Here, he's in Buffalo, so there's that to it too. But it's just like those are sort of the top guys. It's Palmieri and Hall, because Forsberg doesn't seem to be available anymore. Same with Ekholm, even because the Preds think they're good for some reason, just because they had like a <laughs> six-game winning streak, something like that. But I uh, how did you just go for their throats there, G? <laughs> I can't I can't wait to come back and listen to this when the Preds win the cup. Um but no, I I don't know. I I want them to get a top 6 score like Palmieri or Hall, but I don't know if it's going to happen. But let's get to the uh David Pegnata article. Okay. I think that's how you say his last name. Um Something like that. Yeah. Talked a bit about sort of trade deadline stuff and um i'll just i'll just read a quote uh he, well he mentioned that kyle palmieri is more than likely to be moved bruins are interested uh and he said uh 30 year old kyle palmieri hopes the deal is ironed out sooner rather than later so we'll see if a team steps up t- to the plate in shorter order the bruins could be that club as they have interest in both palmieri and devil's defenseman dmitry kulikov it might be kulikov as jack edwards say it but i've always heard kulikov uh yeah i'll say kulikov no offense jack edwards but yeah uh who's also set to become (laughs) an unrestricted free agent this summer uh boston is all in from what i've been hearing they want a middle six winger and a blue liner by the deadline and could kill two birds with one stone if they can agree to a deal with the devils there's also been some talk the bruins or another interested club would want to explore an extension with palmieri before committing but that's not presently the case now I would very much be down for getting both Palmieri and Kulikov in a package. I'd be worried at what that costs, but those are both... I mean, Palmieri is a top six forward, and Kulikov is sort of a four, five, six guy, which I would not be complaining at all if the Bruins got both of them. Um, is that sort of the same thing for you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. I mean... I will say, um, how you? I think you might know this more than I do. What is how many of Kyle Palmieri's goals have been scored against the Bruins this year? He's got eight on the year. Aren't at least half of them against the Bruins? I think it's five. Um, One, two, three, 
Uh, oh wait, is it what? Oh yeah, it's five. It's five. So that kind of concerns me, but yes. I don't know. I mean, you look at his shooting percentages these last couple of years, um, starting in, uh, let's start 17, 18, 13.3%, followed it up with a 12.1%, and then 19, 20, a 16.1% shooting percentage, and then this year, 9.5. So it so. is certainly down from what he normally is at. Um, I mean, his assist totals are about the same, but he is more of just a goal scorer. Um, and I don't know, like he's having a down year regardless of his goals against the Bruins. Um, like it's, yeah. and even then he still scored goals. Like, yeah, sure. They, they were all against the Bruins and whatnot, but it's like, they were still goals against NHL goals. Yeah, NHL like, it's team, not, sure. It's, it's not like it's, you know, Oh no. And I mean, really it wouldn't be bad if he's going to keep scoring against the Bruins to get him, but I don't know. He scored, or yeah, he has 24 more goals in his last five years, obviously not including this year, which that is kind of exactly what the Bruins have been looking for, is like a 25-goal scorer who can slot into that middle six wherever and just score. And Yeah, I don't, I don't know how I feel about an extension, though, with Kyle Palmer. That's, I mean, that's what I'm worried about. How many 30, 30-year-old players... Can you pay for five years? And uh, I don't know. I don't like the thought of extending him. But well, that's I mean, the, obviously, that's the thing. Is um, Pagnotta said like there's been some talk that the Bruins or another club would want to explore an extension, but that's not currently the case. So they might be thinking about it, but then. Also, if you're talking to Palmieri about an extension, then you're not paying for the rental price. You're paying however many years after that, too. So, like, really, it's like, just trade for him now. If he plays well for you, sure, re-sign him for a year or two. But it's not like it's a desperate thing to do. Imagine imagine a right side of Pasternak, Palmieri, Smith, and then throw into that Kasha, if he ever returns, uh, obviously Seneshin, Wagner, Kuhlman, Bjork sometimes goes to the right. Like you, you have decent guys. Like I, I would very much love Pasternak, Palmieri, Smith down down the right side. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm basically all in for Kyle Palmieri if the Bruins can get him. I would not complain one bit. He's sort of, he's sort of my number one, and hopefully he would have sort of that rebound season or the rebound part of the season if uh, he got traded the Bruins that would be the goal at least um which I I think can happen he's not on a great team it's sort of the same case with Mr. Taylor Hall where he has not been great this year but like we all know that Taylor Hall is a really good hockey player like Mm -hmm. We know that. He has the skills. He's also been in Buffalo. So, like... Yeah, we do his uh, line mate updates seemingly every other episode at least, and um, definitely not helping his uh, value. Wait. What? He didn't play tonight. If that's what you're wondering. 
and click on I, I know no 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 I, I know um but look at the first line and tell me what what pops up at the savers first line yeah on daily phase off first line of win on daily phase off please I don't uh, know let me just quickly get to that and let me see what pops up at their first line what Matt Irwin, Casey Middlestat, Tage Thompson. That I checked. I wasn't sure if there was another Matt Irwin. There's not. They played a defenseman on their first line left wing, I think. Let me check and I gotta check and see if they actually that was an actual line. Um what no, I refuse to believe that. Uh let me see the sabers. Um the Sabres ah, won. No. So what they? Wait, I'm so confused. Oh, they did seven defensemen, eleven forwards. Okay. Okay. I was like, excuse me, <laughs> Matt Irwin. Okay. Yeah, no, because their their starter it says Tobias Reader, uh, up with Middlestad and Thompson. But even then, <laughs> oh boy, not much I, better. I... <laughs> I had a, I had some serious. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that just sent me for a whirl. But okay, we're back. Oh my god. Anyways, um. But yeah, back to what were you saying? He was playing with like Riley Shane and someone else. So. Yeah. Very good for your. Uh, prize forward who you signed in the offseason. Mm -hmm. So I will ask you a question. If the Bruins trade for Taylor Hall, what, what yeah. do you think of that? I like it a lot more than people are saying. Like I, I don't know what you've seen, but I've seen people act like it would not be a good idea and to stay away, which I mean... I don't necessarily... I mean, obviously everything depends on price, for sure. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I think he'd be a great fit for, like, a Krejci Richie line or whatever they end up doing there. If it's Okay, imagine your second line, line being Hall, Krejci, Pasternak... Okay, uh, I'm I'm gonna interrupt, interrupt you go can, you, can you like move your mic a little I, bit away from your I, face? I put it up to me just for that. Okay, because it it was so loud. Um, Good. yeah, keep keep going. Yeah, and then you put keep that first line: Marshawn, Bergeron, Smith. Imagine that second line: Hall, Krejci, Pasternak. Because that sec that top line, just Bergeron, Marshawn, still gonna cause fits for probably every defensive pair in the league. So. <laughs> let let me dream for a second. Okay, go ahead. Be cap friendly, armchair GM. I'm not going to do the actual trades, but you know, Marshawn Bergeron Smith, Richie Krejci Hall, or not Richie Krejci. <laughs> what am I doing? Hall Krejci Pasternak, Richie Coyle Palmieri. One can dream. One can dream. Then forget about defense at that point. <laughs> yeah, you don't need defense. You will be the Leafs. You will just score. And just pray and your goalies go. can back yep. it up. Your four goalies can back it up. <laughs> what if what if the, what if instead of like doing a bottom pair, the Bruins just like put three goalies out there? 
Honestly? Hey, just a thought. Right to me. <laughs> but no. Um, Taylor Hall. Why are we forgetting that Taylor Hall is a good player? Um, I just saw that OBS stopped responding for a second, so I will repeat that just in case. Why are we forgetting that Taylor Hall is a good player? He went to Buffalo, so I understand that. He has not been great there, but I mean, the season before, he had 52 points in 65 games split between New Jersey and Arizona. Both not good teams last year. The year before that, uh, he was hurt in 2018-19, 37 points in 33 games. 17-18, he won the heart with 93 points in 76 games, uh, 39 of those points being goals. Um, And then before that, like 53 points in 72, 65 in 82, 38 in 53, 80 in 75. Like for his career, he's um, five... He has 582 points in 664 games, which if you do his like career average over an 82-game season, that is yeah. 72 points a year. Taylor Hall is still good. One yeah, down I, year doesn't change that. Like, And I understand it. Buffalo's been, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a nice word, so I'm not even going to continue um, trying to think of one. But yeah. I... <laughs> I just see so many people instantly saying, stay away, stay away. And like, sure, his heart trophy season was 2017-18, which, yeah, it's a little bit ago. But, I mean, he's he's still, I don't know if I'd say superstar. He's a star for sure. And, I mean, you get him away from a team like Buffalo and then, I mean, mm-hmm. hit 25 points in 30 games for New Jersey before he was traded to Arizona, then he had 27 points in 35 games for Arizona, and I mean, that's in the middle of a season trade, moving from one coast to another, and again, like you said, I'm not on a fantastic team by any means, so, I mean... A historically bad team. <laughs> I, I would... Plus, I don't know, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm up to date on all the rumors, but I thought I saw that the asking price for Taylor Hall is gonna is gonna be a lot less than originally anticipated. Is that something? I mean, I would think so. Um, like, I what I thought was gonna be like a a second and a decent prospect, or maybe that was someone else. I forget. There's been so many. I mean, he has two goals, so I obviously 17 yeah. assists is still pretty good too. But I mean, you expect. <laughs> Expect Taylor Hall to have more than two goals through 37 games. And that's why it's like, yeah, his value is going to be down. And you know he has the skills, but yes, you truly don't know if those will end up sort of, you know, coming back if he gets traded, which is why that value is going to be lower. And that's why I think the Bruins should be all over him mm-hmm. and Palmieri, too. They're both in sort of similar situations. Obviously, Palmieri's had more goal scoring production this year. Um, Hall has more points overall, but like yeah. they're both having down years. They're both rental players. Obviously, there are you got to work around the cap, and there's all that. But if you get a chance to get one of those guys, and I can dream or both, um, you absolutely go for that <laughs> because this team absolutely. needs scoring help. They would be the guys to do that. 
to bring that. Um, and you might as well take a risk. In this season, you might as well. And obviously with that too, Kulikov was mentioned in that package with Palmieri. I would love the Bruins to also get a defenseman. Um, mm -hmm. So like, my dream would be one of Palmieri and Hall plus a defenseman, but I I don't know if I can see that happening this year just just because of COVID, Flackhap, like, there, I don't think, like, there are maybe going to be five trades between now and the deadline, I think. Like, just in the NHL. Like, it's not, it's not going to be an eventful day. Like, I don't know how TSN and Sportsnet are going to be able to talk about the Leafs for five hours. Like, it's not, it's just not going to be sustainable. Um, how do the Bruins trading for Taylor Hall affect the Leafs? Uh, well, the yeah. Leafs didn't get Taylor Hall, so this means that their forward group is still really Go good. over. <laughs> They're done. <laughs> uh, <sighs> yeah. Well, um, mm -hmm. I guess let's get on to questions. We're at an hour nine, right. so. Oh, jeez. Okay. Um, I mean, really, we, we only have... The one actually, which we kind of already have answered, but like there are two other questions, of course. Um, Eric F asked, "We all know Tuukka Rask is elite, per you, yeah. Uh, who else is elite in goal for Boston? Anyone you can think of." And then they linked a picture of Jeremy Swayman, and uh, yes, Jeremy Swayman is elite, and that better not come back to bite me. Uh, I also said about Vladar, anyways, so that better not come back. <laughs> oh Lord. Uh, but no, what a what a game by Swayman! Like so many good saves, and especially that that sequence um, where he made the shorthanded breakaway save, and then Bergeron went and scored like ten seconds later. Like that was just yeah. that was perfect. Um, was. Speaking of Swayman again, uh, Cam at Sway Butte uh, asked, "Would you like to join the Swayman fan club with yours truly? All are more than welcome. Absolutely." Uh, I am I am very much um, high on Jeremy Swayman, and I'm gonna cut that just so it says I'm you're very high. Much high. <laughs> uh, hi, I am very much high. <laughs> no, uh, no, I'm re I'm really high on Swayman. I, he's I mean he's one of the top goalie prospects in the league, like definitely top ten, top fifteen, and obviously with goalies, it's. Uh, it's a shot in the dark, really, but he seems to have all the skills. Especially at his age. That, too. Both for him and Ladar. Yeah, you, know, you see so many times where goalies don't really start making an impact until 24, 25. You know, then you have the elite star goalies come in at maybe even their age, and take the world by storm so i mean it's definitely exciting as uh you know you start to look into the future and you know uncertainty with rask and hmm. speaking of which did you even oh my god that? oh okay. about... no 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 i will i will bring that up uh keep talking <laughs> okay but like i was saying you know obviously like we uh discussed i i we don't see halak with this team past the season which makes sense but then you know even future, you know, without Rask and stuff, you know, it's good to see that, you know, there's potential there. Not saying anything's definitely going to work out, but I mean, 
Nicholas Svedberg was nice, but I'll take <laughs> I'll take what they got now. <laughs> uh, you remember Zane McIntyre, Malcolm Subban? Yeah, so funny because uh, Swayman is probably exactly what we thought Zane McIntyre was going to be. There was a lot of hype around him back in there was. the middle of the decade there. Yeah, I I thought he was going to be, you know, at least a solid NHL player, but uh anyways, uh, we don't focus on that. Uh, I have never been wrong. Excuse you. We'll focus on more depressing goaltender news. Yeah. Honestly, let's let's take the last question and then go to that Rask um part okay. because this kind of this kind of ties in. Uh so Missy Fitz, uh, I never noticed your name. Uh, he asked, should Swayman be the backup for them next year? If so, what does that mean for Vladar? Um, it's been five games combined for both of them, so it's not like we exactly know at this point. But, you know, I I would think at this point, Vladar is ahead of Swayman on the depth chart, obviously. Um, so, like, theoretically, that's who would be the backup if Rask is back next year. But, yeah. also from the uh, David Pagnotta article that uh, we brought up earlier about the Cal Palmieri, Dmitry Kulikov stuff, um, he was talking about Elvis Merzlikens because Columbus hasn't been having a great year. He has a year left on his contract. Of course, it's goalie. Um, he said Merzlikens, who turns 27th on, tw- who turns 27 <laughs> on April 13th, has one year left on his contract after the season and comes with a $4 million cap hit. Teams like Chicago... Okay, Jesus. Teams like Chicago, Boston, and Buffalo have poked around before, and I wonder if any of those clubs have renewed talks with the Jackets. And no, Boston wasn't a typo. There is some talk out of the Bruins organization that Tuka Rask is playing in its final NHL season, and that could result in a move at some point. Darcy Kemper is also on Boston's radar. bomb um now how does that make you feel um like i don't want to feel (laughs) like oh that's yeah it's it's um i can understand why there's sort of those feelings in the organization but honestly i don't even think rask knows if he's gonna play next year or not like who knows what it's going to look like next September in terms of COVID and everything in the U.S. Um, like, we don't know what that season's going to look like. Hopefully 82 games by that point. You think everything is back close enough or closer to normal. Um, you don't know if he's going to want to just, you know, say, okay, my contract's up. I'm done. It's been enough. Thank you. I'm going home. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean... Frankly, I wouldn't blame him. He's been phenomenal, and he's now what thirty-five. He has three daughters. Like I could, I could get why he might want to be like, you know what, that's enough. Um, as upset as that would make me, and well, I guess half of the Bruins fan base. Ah, uh, I, I don't want to think about that. Like I, I read that article because I was like, because I think. Connor Ryan like quote tweeted it and said something about uh Palmieri and I was like oh I'll read the Palmieri stuff I was like is there any other minor things on the Bruins or anything about like anyone else in the East Division 
And then I saw Merzlikens in Boston, and I was like, excuse me? I was like, oh, maybe next year they might be thinking, like, Rask Merzlikens. But no. No. Apparently not. Uh, <sighs> good times, good times, good times. Yeah, I uh, I don't want to have to think about that. Although I will say, if if the Bruins are looking at a goalie outside of the organization... Darcy Kemper, please and thank you. Give me Darcy Kemper. If if they are going to trade for someone... Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I mean, besides, like, Vasilevsky and Hellebuck, yeah, I would take Darcy Kemper. He has a 914 save percentage this year, but last year he had a 928, and the year before that he had a 925. Like, give me Darcy Kemper. Um, but he's also hurt right now. I mean, I would hope oh, the could, Rask could. stuff is for after this year, but who knows? Um, yeah. Oof. This is what what a way heavy. to end the episode. <laughs> Should be like, oh yeah. So here's here's something we forgot. Uh, Rask uh, might be gone, and it might be sooner than you think. <laughs> oh <Jeez>. lord. <sighs> Anyways, um, we are six days away from the trade deadline. I'm excited to see what happens. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully they at least make a move for some defensemen because McAvoy's day-to-day, Carlo's week-to-week, you're going to need extra help. Like, let's be frank, they need extra help on that back end. Like, Jared Tenorti is not going to be the solution. Connor Clifton is not. Like, you need someone else in there. Um to even at least challenge some of those guys. Like, that's that's something that's always brought up in camp. It's like, oh, well, we need these guys to challenge these guys and make sure they know their spots aren't, you know, just a given. It's like, bring someone else in that's, like, well-established and make other players work harder for their spots because, I mean, it feels like some nights there just isn't that effort always out of the defense, but that might just be me. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. Hopefully a defenseman wouldn't complain about Taylor Hall, Carl Palmieri. And the reason sort of ending on this note is because, yeah, we won't be um, recording until the night of the deadline. At least that was the plan that we set like yep. last time we did. That should still be good. So there will be the Caps game on Thursday in Washington, the Philly game on Saturday in Philly, and then the game back in Boston against the Caps on the Sunday. Trade deadline will be the day after that Caps game. I don't expect the Bruins will make a move until then, if they do make a move. Um, but who knows? Uh, and do you have anything else to add? No. No, I don't. Then on that note, um, as usual, wear a mask, wash your hands, uh, stay away from other people. Uh, go get vaccinated if you have the opportunity. Um, and uh, hopefully next time we're talking, the the Bruins are in a much better state. <laughs>